Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hello, America, and welcome to the Monday edition of John Solomon Reports. Oh my gosh, you have to check out the site today. Lots of breaking news, lots of repudiations of what is going on in America when people lose common sense. And we have a bunch of them. Let's start off with the ACLU. They weighed in on the James O'Keefe raid from last week. You're going to be surprised where the ACLU came down on their favorite Justice Department, the Biden Justice Department. We've got an extraordinary story about training materials in the Springfield, Missouri school district. You won't believe what teachers were subjected to. We actually have the training materials up. And today we're lucky enough to have one of those teachers on our show. Brooke Henderson is joining us with her lawyer in that case, Kimberly Herman. If Kimberly's name sounds familiar, it should. She works for the Southeastern Legal Foundation, one of the great public interest law firms and one of the public interest law firms that have represented just the news in some of its FOIA lawsuits. We're going to have them on just a a potpourri of extraordinary things. A judge has thrown out the misdemeanor gun charge in the Kyle Rittenhouse case. That is making waves all across the country. Really an extraordinary moment of news all around to have very busy Monday in Washington, D.C. and around the country. We're going to have a great, great show today. As I mentioned, this extraordinarily brave teacher, Brooke Henderson, who has challenged her school district's training materials because they're focused on white supremacy and choosing people's skin color as the predominant reason how they're going to act and behave. She is challenging that notion. She's here with Kimberly Herman, her lawyer. We're going to have a great conversation. You're going to love that. Then we're going to head down to the great state of Georgia to talk about election integrity and all the things going on there. State Senator Burt Jones, somebody who really knows what's going on on the ground in Georgia. He's going to join us. We're going to get a little election update in a state where a lot of unanswered questions remain from the 2020 election and what will happen in 2022. For instance, will Fulton County run its own elections or will the state take it over? All of those are coming up on a really great show. First, let's hit a couple headlines just real quickly. I mentioned to you about the ACLU. That's a big story. It's trending big. I've told you about the Missouri training materials for the Springfield teachers. They define Covert white supremacy as things like saying all lives matter. You call a police officer on a black person, you might be a white supremacist. If you believe English as a first language should be the first language taught in classes, you might be a white supremacist. If you are male assigned at birth, you're white, you're upper class, you're Protestant, you may belong to a privileged group capable of committing oppression against minorities, gays, transgender people, working class and poor Americans. That's what these materials were teaching our teachers in Missouri. They're extraordinary. You have to read them to go see them. There also appeared to be a real partisan nature. This, these are taxpayer funded training guides, right? And in one of them, there's a 
mock-up of a white supremacist magazine that's designed to mock white supremacy. And in there, there's a headline on the cover designed to suggest that Donald Trump's White House was full of white supremacists. You've just got to look at these materials yourself. We've posted them all. Read them. Go through them. You will not believe what the teachers were getting taught and obviously what they were being asked to pass down as lessons to their students. We're going to talk to Brooke and Kimberly about that in a few minutes, but a really pretty extraordinary story. A couple other fun stories. The president, President Biden, and his team are involved in a virtual summit today with China's president, President Xi. And in that discussion, we decided to go back and put together from one of our good freelancers, Antonio Graceffo, that all of the connections between President Biden's family, Hunter, his brother, all the players, and the communist Chinese government. You know, they came out piecemeal. We put them all together so you can see them all at one time. Very important stuff. Take a look at it. Donald Trump was busy over the weekend. He released a list of 13 GOP incumbents. He wants to be challenged in the primaries because they either voted for his impeachment, voted for the Democratic agenda, or both. And the president did an all call, basically a help wanted ad. Hey, any Republican who wants to run against these guys, I will support you. Pretty amazing story there. Intra-party warfare for sure. One story that should shame us all. We should all feel a moment of pain knowing this exists. You ready for this? 160,000 military families, current serving men and women, their families are struggling to pay the bills for their food. Yeah, well, with inflation going up under the Bidenomics, that's part of it. But none of us should put our troops in a position where they have to choose between feeding their family or putting gas in the car. We're better than that. We should have that ability to address that Check this story out. There's something we can do. We just celebrated Veterans Day. This is something that an entire country should step into the void and fix. There's no reason for it. Finally, one last fun story that I think you'll enjoy. Ronna McDaniel, RNC chair, is in a bunch of hot water with one of the big constituencies in her party, the Evangelical Christians, a very big active part of the party. She started a gay pride initiative, a, a pride constituency group, didn't run it by the 168 members that make up the RNC committee. And she's now under attack and having to call an emergency meeting right now this afternoon, Monday, here in Washington. Emergency meeting to quell this, to make clear that while the party opened up this constituency group to bring in gay voters into the party, it is not an effort to change the policies or to look like the Democratic Party. Big sales job going to have to go on. A lot of upset people. You can check out that story and what Republicans were riding the GOP this weekend just by taking a look at that. That's also on the site. A lot of news. Hope you enjoyed it. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're taking you to that unbelievable center of dispute, of center of training materials, white supremacy, critical race theory. You're going to get to see it firsthand and you're going to hear about it firsthand from a brave teacher, Brooke Henderson, who's challenging her school district to get rid of these materials, to drop these materials. She and her lawyer, Kimberly Herman, are here. They'll be here right after the commercial break. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, 
thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, two very special guests. We're going to go to Springfield, Missouri and take you inside what it was like to be subjected to those training materials that we've just mentioned in the story before. Joining us right now is one of the teachers suing that school district, Brooke Henderson, and her lawyer from the great Southeastern Legal Foundation, uh, Kimberly Herman. Uh, just as full disclosure, Kimberly Herman has helped with Southeastern Legal Foundation to help just the dues out in lots of its FOIA lawsuits. So we've been a huge beneficiary of the public interest law firm's work and just want to make sure you guys knew that before we get started. Brooke, Kimberly, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Great to be here. This is amazing stuff. When I got these documents and started going through them this weekend, I go, this can't possibly be taught in America to our teachers. It just, there's no way they're teaching this. And the answer is, I guess there is. It's true. Uh, Brooke, what was it like to have to sit through these trainings and hear the sort of things that are in them? Horrible. Yeah. Heartbreaking. And it almost feels like you're not actually living it, but you are. And it's shocking. Yeah, like a bad movie almost. I mean, I, at first I thought it was a slapstick comedy. Someone was trying to, you know, make fun of this. But this is real training. And when you're sitting with your fellow teachers, it, it you know, Kimberly said something that really struck my ear over the weekend, which is it feels like they're trying to desensitize you so that you start to accept these premises and pass them on to the children. Among your colleagues who have felt uncomfortable about this, is that one of the things you walked away from? Hey, they're trying to get me to pass this stuff on to the kids? Absolutely. It definitely feels, and I think desensitizing is a great, a great way to describe it, that we push a little bit more and we push a little bit more and then, you know, you accept a little bit more and you accept a little bit more. And then one day you wake up and you're like, whoa, what? What happened and how did we get here? Yeah. yeah. And you, you look at the, the matrix. The one that really jumped at me was the matrix of potentially white, covert white supremacist behavior, uh, using English as a primary language in the class, um, uh, calling up police if you had a, a black suspect that needed to be dealt with, you know, because of a legal violation. Um, the idea of espousing that all lives matter is somehow white supremacist. I, uh, these behaviors, you know, they're, I don't know how even to describe, but you're sitting there and you're being told, hey, you might be a white supremacist if one day you need to call police on a, on a black suspect because there's a legitimate reason to do it. What message did that send to the teachers in the, in the classroom? You know, I can't really speak for the other teachers in the classroom. You know, some have discussed with me their concerns, but I think across the board, it sends a message, you know, not only do we not call the police we don't discipline students for inappropriate behavior and so now teachers are afraid to discipline any student for inappropriate behavior and you know I think across the nation you'll hear teachers saying the same thing that discipline is a concern because nobody wants to be called a white supremacist nobody wants to be seen as a racist we went into this profession to take care of children and that means every single child that walks through our door. Yeah, and here it seems as though all of the trainings seem to be focused on skin color. That skin color is somehow the predeterminant of how you're going to act as a teacher, how a student is going to act, what the student's future opportunities are to go up the economic ladder. Uh, it's almost as though we went back to an era of Jim Crow and tried to reuse you know, skin color as a, as a, a roadblock. Is that 
part of the underlying philosophy you think that the school district was trying to get teachers to embrace? You know, with tangling litigation, I can't speak as to what they were trying to embrace. Right. I can tell you what it certainly felt like. That is what they're running for us to embrace. It just doesn't feel right. It's wrong. You know, and to embrace anything other than every single student that walks through our door is not okay, or that we treat kids differently is not okay. We, you know, as a teacher, I have always, and and currently I'm in the 504 position, so, you know, my primary role is to help students with disabilities, and and it has as I was a special education teacher. I feel like that we are going backwards, because I feel like that we have always set high expectations. We should always set the bar really high and give kids an equal opportunity to be successful. Right. Give them the tools that they need to be there, to get themselves there. But I feel like this is really pushing us backwards and saying we can't let kids achieve, you know, or that they can't achieve based on, you know, skin color. And that that is a disservice to every single student that walks through our door. Yeah. In a second, I want to turn to Kimberly and ask her a little bit about the legal issues. But one more question, Brooke, that jumped out at me when I was watching one of the videos and in the uh, I think it was the fall 2020 training exercise, there was a like a video and had some midway through the video. It had a mock up of what looked to be a white supremacist magazine. And then within that, there was in the magazine cover, like you'd have the little sub headlines if you were at the grocery store looking at your magazines. One of them suggested that, at least as I looked at it, because it's fall of 2020, you have to put in the context of the time, that there were some white supremacist allies in the Trump White House. Did you see that or did that strike anyone as odd when you were going through the training? I mean, I thought it was extremely odd. I felt like that it was, and if people have heard me speak before, I felt like it was very politically charged. So much so that, you know, we were told that nationalism will hurt people, you know, that it will it will be proud of our country at the expense of others, which specifically they're talking about America. And then they followed up with telling us that we needed to vote for socialism and to teach our kids to vote for socialism and that socialism was good. Really striking that it came right before a national election for the president of the United States. Yeah. Such a great point. It was at that point just a couple months out from the election when that training occurred. Kim, I want to turn to you for a second because the legal issue here, legal issues here are seem to be really large. And, you know, you look at that oppression matrix and it, it declares that if you're heterosexual, if you're white, if you're male assigned at birth, if you're gender conforming, if you're heterosexual, if you're rich, if you're upper class or you're Protestant, you may and should be treated as a potential oppressor of minority students. Aren't all of those sort of uh, uh, significant cases of discrimination, putting a label on someone and, and predetermining their behavior based on their background? Yeah, it, it absolutely is, right? So we have this oppression matrix that you're talking about. And even more than just what it says in the oppression matrix, these educators were forced to talk about it, right? So in other words, take a look at the oppression matrix. Tell me where you fall on it. Well, there's only one place to fall if you're white. You're an oppressor. And there's only one place to fall. If you're black, you're an oppressed. And so you have the government, the school district here, the public school district, automatically putting these labels onto people and separating them because of their skin color, minimizing them to only that, and then having them watch videos that say things like all whites feel threatened by diversity and painting every single white person as a member of the KKK. This is in the videos that these teachers were forced to watch and then discuss. I mean, not only is it discriminatory, but when they have to opine on this and agree with it, it's a blatant violation of their First Amendment rights. Yeah, it really is. There's an amazing moment. I think it's in this the seventh exhibit. There's this ELT growth activity training session. I think it's this, uh, uh, dated December 8th, 2020, so less than a year ago, maybe 11 months ago. And it talks about a plan to address white supremacy among the teachers. And it starts with, you got to hand out beads for different people of different descent. Uh, And then it, it seems to go in and force you to make assumptions 
based on the person's skin color. If you're a white teacher, you're a black student, you're a Middle Eastern student or a student of Middle Eastern descent. And I'm curious, first, Brooke, for you, and then I'm going to go back to Kimberly in a second on the legal issues. Did you have to participate in that training? And what was that like to, to sort of be forced to look at everybody through their skin color and nothing else? Um, I did not have to participate in that particular training, but I was very well aware of it because, of course, everything that happens in a leadership or, you know, everything that happens above or in a training, it trickles down to those of us that have to give it out to the classroom, to the students. And so it felt like in further follow-up trainings that, you know, that that, you know, that's what was being done. I can just tell you that it's truthfully probably one of the most horrific experiences that I have gone through. It almost brings me to tears thinking about it again because it was so bad. And it's one of those that you think nobody will believe you if you tell anybody that this just happened. Yeah, I, I literally, I, the first time I opened these, I, I literally thought, well, this has to be some parody, right? This came off of Saturday Night Live or something, but it, it's real. And Kimberly, in that ELT training, there are 13 questions during the exercise where 13 consecutive times the trainee, which I assume is an educator or trainee, has to identify racially who the person is. My dentist racially identifies as my high school. My teacher's racially identifies. And it goes 13 consecutive times. It forces you to focus on the race of a person. What message does that send in, in the school system? And is it illegal to have that much of a focus on people's race? It's teaching everyone to look only at skin color, right? I mean, we've, we've talked about this before on your podcast, and I say it time and time again, but what this teaches is it teaches hate because it's teaching people to only look at skin color and then put them into a, you know, a hierarchy of racial privilege and then pitting the groups against each other. And to your point regarding the legality, it is illegal to do this because when, when race becomes such a focus, of every single lesson and every single classroom and every teacher training, you're creating a hostile learning environment. You're creating a hostile work environment because you're treating people differently because of the color of their skin. And it has embodied every single thing that's going on in the district. And so that's why we have brave educators like Brooke, who is joining us here today and who is standing up and her co-plaintiff, Jennifer, we have a client up in Illinois, Ms. Demar, and they're standing up for students and teachers and for all Americans and fighting for our civil rights. Yeah. And you look at these slides. Uh, there was one on cycle of oppression, and it, it names the institutions that it believes are part of oppression in America. And you see things like churches, schools, television, legal system, mental health, medicine, business. These are things that we actually were teaching our children not that long ago to aspire to join. Go become a lawyer. Go become an educator. Become a pastor. Do something good with your life. Now the message is all the institutions that are at the heart of America, they're somehow uh, the inventors or sustainers of a cycle of oppression. When you look at this, Brooke, what are you, you're worried about that next generation of children. That's why you went into teaching are we teaching our kids to stop trusting the institutions that are at the heart of America? Is that part of the indoctrination of these materials? I think definitely yes. And I think even worse that we're teaching our kids to not trust their parents. If you look at one of the, on one of the oppression matrix, it says that adults are the oppressor and, you know, the border groups are the young adults, but the elderly and the younger children fall into that, you know, oppressed category. I mean, I think that even, like I said, even more than telling kids not to trust those institutions, we're teaching them not to trust their parents. And I cannot think of anything worse than telling a child to not trust their parent and that their parent is oppressive to them. Yeah. Well, that's a really good point. You're right. There is a lot of adults versus kid drama and, and conflict almost built into this. It's as though you're trying to get kids to not to reject the, the way of their parents. There was a group of support systems in one of the slides, support for our collective why. Why are we doing this? And it names all these groups, the NEA, the largest teachers association in America, the National School Boards Association, which we know recently wrote that letter calling parents potentially domestic terrorists for protesting. Is there an ecosystem that's been developed and maybe taking over by a particular ideology that's reinforcing this? Brooke, let me start with you. I mean, does it feel like the unions and these school board associations are part of a ecosystem all designed to push this debate in one direction? Um, 
Yes, and I think that's a two-part question. In my particular area, my particular school district, some of our local union members have amazingly been supportive, but I get bombarded with emails from the higher level. Right. And definitely from the National School Board Association. It's very, like I said, when in the oppression matrix, when it talks about parents as being oppressors of their children, well, now you have the National School Board Association basically reinforcing that and taking it a step further. And I think they referred to parents maybe that were complaining about it as domestic terrorists. And, you know, what a bad precedent to set. And when we're in education, it pits not only kids against parents, but it pits the teachers against the parents. And we should be having a relationship with all parents. Yeah, not isolating them and trying to get them out of their children's life, which I think a lot of people are worried. That is one of the end goals here. Kimberly, where does this case head? Obviously, there's a lawsuit, there's discovery going on. Do we see a trial coming up next year? Is that a likely outcome? Yeah, I believe we'll probably have a trial sometime towards the end of next year. And like you said, right now we're in the discovery phase, getting the documents and getting all of the facts. And as we've been exposing them in other areas too, like you said, the NSBA, what kind of communications are there, right? What what communication are people at the NSBA, the state boards, the White House having with teachers even at a local level and administrators at a local level? I think it's going to be very telling. Yeah, oh, for sure. And what is the ultimate outcome that you would like to get for, for your clients like Brooke? What, what What is the ultimate legal remedy to what has happened to them and what's already been going on in the school system? Yeah, our clients like Brooke, they're asking the court to declare that trainings like this are unconstitutional. They're not seeking damages. They're not looking for money. This is to get the courts to declare that these trainings violate the First Amendment, other ones violate the civil rights laws, and to stop other school districts from doing this and to take back our schools and start bringing reading, writing, arithmetic back and teaching our kids to love one another, not to hate one another. Yes. That's the ultimate goal of these, these cases. Such an important message. And it wasn't that long ago when those were shared values across the country. It didn't matter your political stripe or your race. We all kind of aspired to have our children learn these values. Brooke, as we head out here, uh, we've got about a minute left. I want to just ask you, as you look now, what is the one thing you want your parents, your children to know about you? Why did you get into teaching? Is skin color what you first see when you look at a child? What drives you every day to go in and do the work that you do in the school system? I mean, it's the kids. When I went into education, unfortunately, you know, and, I, and I'm getting closer you know, to the end of that education lifespan, like getting close to that retirement age, but I would love to continue to do it for as long as I possibly can. And I got into it because kids are so important that standing up and speaking up for them every single day is absolutely worth it. There is nothing greater in our country than our children. I took a job to protect kids. I took a job to stand up for kids and I took a job to teach for kids. And that is each and every single kid. No, I don't look at the color of their skin when they first come in. I look at each kid and what they need to be successful. Yeah. And I hope that they have a great time while they're in school too. There was a great civil rights leader that I think urged the same thing maybe a half century ago, Martin Luther King, insisting that we not look at skin first, but rather the character of the person inside. And it seems as though that's been flipped around with these trading materials. Hopefully, this lawsuit will bring some clarity and bring us back to a more common sense approach. Brooke, Kimberly, thank you so much for the work you're doing, for spending time and helping us understand this. And uh, we're going to be watching this case real closely here at Just the News. Thanks, John. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to take you down to Georgia to talk to a state lawmaker and all the things that are going on with election integrity in that key battleground state right after this commercial break. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. 
That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Very privileged, very honored to have this next guest on our show for many reasons. One, I'm a big football fan. He is a former alumnus and team captain of the number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs. He is a state senator in the great state of Georgia right now and soon running to be lieutenant governor in Georgia. Joining me right now is State Senator Burt Jones from Georgia. Senator, welcome to the show. Hey, John, uh, it's good to be here today. Always a pleasure to be on with your listeners and, uh, I appreciate that introduction. Yeah, my Bulldogs are doing real well right now. They so sure are. Going. They we'll look like a juggernaut. I think we're going to bring it home this year. Uh, yeah. and, you, and, you, and it was your team, if I remember correctly. Weren't you on the team that won the first SEC championship in like two decades, three decades? Yeah, we did. We were the first team to win it since Herschel Walker. Wow. Believe it or not. You know, so uh, 2002, it had been uh, 20 years since uh, Georgia had been to the SEC championship. Actually, Georgia had never been to the SEC championship since they since they combine the leagues right. and uh and uh, and anyways and in 2002 we we won the title there and and uh that was a great football team we had in fact we probably would have been in the national title game hadn't been for those daggum gators down there and, <laughs> and that cocktail party that they uh so we went 13 and one that year but uh at any rate it was a good team good experience and just a lot of good memories at the University of Georgia. Yeah, and I'm just thinking Herschel Walker, Burt Jones, both running in 2022, both former SEC champions. I wonder if there's some magic ahead of us in the elections. Uh, are you excited to see him considering running? You know, the only difference between her, mine and Herschel's football career is, you know, I have to explain to everybody I actually played, and, and you know, <laughs> nobody, no, nobody even questions whether or not Herschel was out there or not, you know. Yeah. But, uh, no, no. I mean, uh, look, hey, the Bulldog Nation in the state of Georgia is a is a strong. It's a not only a strong fan base, but it is a strong political. It is uh, a political apparatus as well. So um, I can tell you that uh, I'd much rather be um, uh, running running with the Bulldog Nation in the state of Georgia than than against it. And uh, so, uh, and look, Herschel Herschel is a is a good friend. He's. Uh, He's running a smart campaign, and you know, and he's uh, he's got a lot of momentum. So um, he does. You know, I'm uh, I'm I'm proud for he and his wife Julie. They are, you know, they're just doing what they feel like is what they've been called to do, and and you got to admire that because uh, you know he could uh, he didn't have to get into because I'm telling you this political. It's, it's, it's a contact sport. This it is. Arena. Makes football look like uh, it was easy. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Because you're just, 
and and in uh, football, it's just you taking the hit and giving the hit. And in politics, your whole family uh, gets yeah, wiped so out. True. So true. Uh, so it, so it makes it tough. But um, but you know we. Um, but I know he's got a, a good strong family network. I know I've got a good strong family network. So um, you know. Tough times, usually tough people. Tough people usually always prevail in tough times. So, um, so at any rate, but uh, but looking forward to the to the uh, 22 uh, election season, and, and you know, and uh, uh, it's going to be rough and tumble. The primaries are, but once the primaries are over with, it's come together as a party yeah that's exactly it there's uh and you see these new poll numbers out today republicans have the largest electoral advantage in the preference poll in any time since before ronald reagan was president in 1980 uh do you feel like we're in a wave moment that if the republicans execute properly with the president biden's lack of popularity and the, the concerns about his policies inflation all the things that are hitting us that republicans could have the sort of sweep that you only get once in a generation well there's no question because uh, donald trump showed us what this country can do and what we're capable of the previous four years he gets replaced by this guy Biden that we have right now, and uh, and and now it's just polar opposites. You know, inflation is going to go through the roof. Supply chain is terrible. Um, you know, the labor force is awful. You know, I've got a business myself, and I can tell you right now, trying to get people to come to work is uh, is challenging enough. Uh, and uh, and now they're talking about wanting to throw another couple three trillion dollars into the system to basically pay people to stay at home. Yeah. I mean, it's absurd right now. So, I mean, you, you're talking about uh, you're talking about a situation in 22 uh, that we all it ought to be a red tsunami at every level, uh, just just because of what what we've already seen thanks to the leadership of Donald Donald J. Trump uh, from the previous four years. Uh, what we've seen, what our country is capable of doing, and then and and having the exact reversal happen to us uh, just in the last eight months. I mean, last eight months, you would have never thought gasoline prices would go from a dollar seventy-five to three dollars, you know, uh, and plus on the uh, a gallon. So that alone, that's a that's a tax increase on that uh, on the it everyday color right there. Yep, that's uh, that, such uh, an important that issue, thing. That issue poses. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah. So I think I think if we can't if if we can uh, have a red red wave in twenty two uh, with everything that's going on and. and here nationally and and internationally, you know, I'm, I want to get into what's going on on, on as far as the embarrassment that that yeah. we caused our men and women in in the uh, armed forces with Afghanistan and everything else. That's just embarrassing, embarrassing to to portray the United States like we did under this administration. Such an important thing. You know, uh, a lot of people still are worried about what happened in the 2020 election. And you are one of those people that stepped into the void after what happened in Georgia and said, we're going to fix these things. And you became one of the most important voices getting the Election Integrity Act in Georgia, the SB202, as it's known by journalists, uh, passed and into into motion. And now you're starting to see the impact of that law. For instance, the State Elections Board is considering taking over Fulton County elections because of all of the problems that have been there historically for decades. Do you feel good about where your state is and where do you think the election integrity movement goes next? What other areas can be tightened up? Uh, you know, right now where I'm, I'm going crisscross the state here, John, and uh, I can tell you firsthand, people don't uh, trust the uh, the machines, uh, the equipment that we're actually voting on right now. That's the reason why I dropped some legislation last year, SB 233, right. that would get rid of the machines and uh, and go to strictly a paper ballot. And uh, and I think uh, if we if we do address that issue a lot, as well as implement some of the things that that uh, that we passed in 202. I think uh, the confidence should return. Uh, you, I mean, but you got to think about it. In, in the 2020 election cycle, the, the way the elections was run should have never happened in the first place. Uh, that was that was so that was the Secretary of State uh, um, uh, basically pandering to the uh, to the Democratic left and doing that consent agreement, which calls for the which allowed the drop boxes, which allowed the lack of chain of custody, which allowed the the no signature verification. It was um, it was it was uh, to call it that they were doing signature verification is ridiculous. I mean, there's no way uh, you could go from uh, ha- going having four and a half percent rejection rate on 
on absentee ballots yeah. to less than a tenth of a percent. Um, you know, with the like what we had in 2020. So, so it was really the failed leadership of uh, of your secretary of state uh, trying to pander to a a uh, a left a left agenda and Stacey Abrams led uh, Democratic Party, which allowed for everything to happen in the 2020 election cycle where the Republicans were wrong in the fact that we didn't do anything, or actually a lot of my colleagues, I did about everything you could do uh, within my power in right. trying to get to the bottom of the truth. Um, but what, what, what should have happened is we should have gone into special session. We should have uh, reversed the consent order uh, to allow David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler to have an, a fighting chance in that runoff election. And, and, and essentially... The, the power structure of D.C., uh, we'd have some checks and balances because I truly believe that uh, the, if we'd gone in and, and reversed the consent order and uh, pulled up all the drop boxes and everything, then uh, you would have uh, uh, probably not lost those two U.S. Senate seats and we'd have at least some checks and balances going on in D.C. right now. But that didn't happen, and, and so um, but there are some things I think that we can tweak uh, to, uh, to, to, to make it better, to make it, you know, easier to vote, obviously harder to cheat and, uh, and, and, and make it where you can police it better. You know I mean? You couldn't, you couldn't, all those drop boxes that were That's the key, all isn't throughout it? Metro Atlanta, you couldn't police that if you wanted to, yeah. it, it just made it right. It made it right for, uh, bad actors, uh, to, uh, to, to gain the system. And uh, and I essentially think that's what uh, that's what happened, uh, but not being able to not being able to have a, a, a an investigation to illustrate what happened and hold people accountable is really where I was very disappointed in in a lot of our leadership. You you have really moved the ball forward. I mean, I think a lot of the things that um, uh, that were in SB two hundred two now have put confidence back in the system and gave teeth and gave levers of power to actually challenging. If something doesn't feel right, you have the ability to go check it. Um, and you see now, like in Felton County, almost all of the top election leadership is gone as a result of the pressure that this law built. And I think that that is a real, people don't connect that, but it was because you guys passed that law that some of these failed leaders at Fulton County, where I've done a lot of reporting on wrongdoing and malfeasance right. and incompetence, you, you actually forced them out after years of people talking about it. Your, your bill forced them out. I want to ask you about one thing that's left over from 2020 and see if there's any appetite in the Georgia legislature. There there are, you know, there's video footage. Has anyone gone back and audited the video footage of what happened at these drop boxes to make sure none of that funny stuff, any of that, you know, more funny stuff didn't happen than we already know? Is that something that the legislature or in future elections could become built into the process? That's something you'd like to see done. Well, look, back to, yes, they should have been, they should have been audited, the, the, the video surveillance cameras. But number one, the, the drop boxes were never legal until you had the consent yeah. order. Now, 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 we did allow the, them to have drop boxes when we did in the Senate Bill 202, uh, but it's only at only at precincts. They're not going to be allowed to be anywhere outside of voting precincts themselves. Uh, but before before this uh, last election cycle, they may never have been legal. Right uh, now, why 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 we have not done the allow our GBI. Or of course, I don't have any confidence in our Secretary of State's office, so you know they're not really a a viable option for us. But why would the GBI or the Attorney General's office uh, will not do a uh, a deep dive or or a a audit of the video surveillance cameras about where all these drop boxes uh, are located is uh, is a question that that I've never been able to get a straight answer for. That I've asked it on many different occasions. Yeah, uh, it's very frustrating that uh, that uh, especially when you have people who have you know we had whistleblowers come forward and you know want to uh, claim that there was you know um, uh, some shenanigans that went on with those drop boxes. Right. Um, but we had not been able to get a a, 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 a good forensic on it. All those things uh, makes it uh, makes it very troubling and and. Uh, and I, look, John, I see it out here where I go. People are not happy. People are very upset uh, with uh, not just the results of the 2020 election, but the fact that there was just so much, so much uh, uh, potential 
uh, bad actors, fraudulent activity, things of that nature that just never were properly vetted. And, uh, and, and, and why they were not is, a, is a something that, that I'm not, you know, I can't answer because I'm, I'm been one of the ones trying to get it, get to the bottom of the, of the issue there. And, um, long story short, it's, uh, it's, a, it is, I think our, our people are energized, uh, they're engaged and they're paying attention to what their elected officials are doing right now, which, uh, if you want to look at this from a, a glass half full perspective, uh, then that's a good thing because um, uh, we need we need people we need the the electorate to be engaged and be um, questioning their elected officials and 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 be demanding that they do what they ask them to do uh, and and when, when they're holding these posts that are they're truly public service posts you know that's what that's what elected officials are supposed to do You're supposed to be a voice of the people and I think a lot of people felt like that. Uh, their voices were not being heard, and and I, but I can tell you, I hear them. You know, everywhere I go, I can promise you they are they're fired up about uh, wanting to uh, be engaged in this 22 uh, election process. Yeah, they've sent a big message, starting with the 2021 uh, interim elections. Uh, we are watching, and I think that that's one of the most powerful moments when Americans are dialed in. They know what their elected leaders are doing. Uh, America is always better, and it seems like that's the election now that you're going to be heading into. Uh, last question for you. As you look now, you're running for lieutenant governor. That's a big uh, big race. It's going to be one of the marquee races in 2022. What is uh, What are the most important issues that you're connecting with in voters, that voters want done, and that's why they want to put Albert Jones in office in 2022? Well, number one, they want a fighter. They want they want somebody who listens to them and also uh, has actions and and what they are uh, what they're hearing from the constituents. And uh, and I have uh, I, look I've proven that throughout my throughout my time, whether it be that uh, whether my time at University of Georgia or business or in politics, you know, people always know that I I uh, always try to do what's right and uh, always try to. Uh, 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 you know, um, be somebody who has an independent streak, but is right. always on the trying to stand up for the people who who put him there. Uh, number two, the election integrity is going to be a huge issue. The critical race theory, what we're teaching, the indoctrination that's going on in our public school systems—not it's not education anymore; it's indoctrination. I think you saw what went on in Virginia had a lot to do with the K through 12 education system, and the reason why. Um, we there as a Republican Party had a big win in Virginia. Uh, that's a huge order, a huge uh, issue with people around the state of Georgia as well. Uh, also, uh, law and order. You know, people are people are concerned about the lack of respect, the lack of yeah. attention uh, that's going on with the uh, men and women in law enforcement. And uh, and I think people are ready to not only uh, vote uh, vote for. Uh, a law and order system, but also uh, vote to promote our who are in law enforcement as opposed to defunding police and, and uh, things of that nature, which is complete nonsense in my mind. So um, those, those are huge issues. Always the economy and uh, our tax structure is always going to be uh, uh, at the forefront of issues as well. But uh, I would say those those first three things, election integrity, law and order, and our K-12 through education system, is what is what I'm consistently hearing all over the state of people that and that's what their concerns are, and they want people who are going to fight for them. They want people who are going to represent them, the people of this state. And uh, and I've done that in my and in, uh, in every aspect of my life. I'm going to continue to do that uh, because I, at the end of the day, I know uh, I know who uh, who who I'm there to take care of, and that's the pe- that's the people of our great state of Georgia. Yeah, absolutely. And now that energy you talked about, it's very much like 2010, the Tea Party movement. About once every 10, 12, 15 years, there's just an energy that builds in the base of the party. And I think we're in the midst of a pretty historic time. Senator Jones, thank you for all you've done on election integrity and also for joining our show. We learned a lot from you today. Hope to get you back on as the race unfolds there in Georgia. Absolutely. And enjoy being on your show. And uh, I, I'd love to come on anytime you ask and uh, and looking forward to it. Hey, if uh, people would like to get involved with our campaign. Yes, how can they follow what you're doing? If they, if they could go to Burt Jones for GA.com, Burt Jones for GA.com. We'd, we'd love to have volunteers. We feel like we've got, a grass, we've got to have a grassroots uh, campaign effort. We, uh, cause the, 
the lobbying dollars and big money folks are not going to be with us because we we tend to think on our own, you know, and yeah. uh, and uh, so uh, we don't just go along to get along. And so we're going to need a big grassroots effort. So if they can go to BurtJonesForGA.com and uh, just uh, help volunteer, sign up, get our mailer, whatever it might be, we uh, we just like to get them involved and and, and have them influencing their friends and family for us. So I appreciate the time too, John. Thank you. It's an honor to have you on, sir. And thanks again for all you're doing in Georgia. Very important election integrity debate that you led and, and succeeded in. So we're very grateful for that. And uh, talk to you soon. All right, John. Appreciate it, bud. Take care now. You too now. Thanks so much. Folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, folks, that wraps it up for the day. What a show. A lot to think about. Election integrity in Georgia. Critical race theory in Springfield, Missouri. Real life examples driven by real reporting, real people. It's great to have heard from the state senator. Great to hear from a teacher on the front lines of these debates. That's why we have this show, to help you get to the real people, hear from them directly, get the facts. You make up your own mind. We don't make up your mind for you. That's up for you to do. But really enjoyed you joining us today. Thank you. A lot of big news. More news coming tomorrow morning. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow here at John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bike. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events. And you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.